at those bloody kids. In the background, can you hear them? Yeah. I'm so sorry about them. I think sometimes you just can't beat a good old slap. <laughs> well, I did rank, run out earlier and say, there's a pedophile in the building, there's a pedophile in the building. But... <laughs> You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a brilliant pop music album and break it down track by track. And we want you to take it and listen to it in front of the fireplace, in front of your yacht, in front of your parents. We don't give a damn, baby. Just listen to it and share it and leave a rating and a review and all that. And on the turntable this week, we have got Nightwork by Scissor Sisters. Scissor Sisters are back on the podcast, but I've got a double back on myself for a second, Dan. Where did you get that quote from? Because it did feel like a quote. Yeah, well, that is from a song coming up later. Ah, lovely. I should have known that. You should have read. Do you know the album we're doing? Do you know the songs on it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Do you? Clearly, yes. I've I've, I've learned the whole thing. (laughs) Uh, So the Scissor Sisters are back on track by track, and it's been a while since we had them on last. Yes, we celebrated... Their debut album, didn't we, last year? We did, and I was just gazing up into the middle distance, uh, whimsically, thinking about all the great fun and laughter we had on that last Scissor Sisters episode. Tits on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) I came in too high. We certainly had a giggle talking about the Scissor Sisters last year with Robert. Yes. And just doubling back again to that Scissor Sisters episode, uh, that is, of course, Tits on the Radio, and that is where your obsession with tits started, isn't it? Yes, I started twitching way back then, and I haven't stopped since. Oh, I thought that was part of your condition. (laughs) No, that's not a bad taste joke about uh, anything like that. We're not going to go there. Twitching is, of course, bird watching. Bird watching. So, for the uninitiated, uh, let's just have a quick trot through the Scissor Sisters. Uh, American uh, dance pop, slight tinge of rock group about them. And they first became famous uh, back in the early noughties uh, in New York, on the gay scene of New York. Uh, and you've got Jake Shears, the lovely Miss Animatronic. Uh, Baby Daddy, uh, Dell, uh, and Randy Real, and formerly Paddy as the drummer before Randy. So Paddy left after Tada, didn't he? That came before this album. And I remember back in the early noughties, uh, several of my friends were huge Sister Sisters fans, as I was, but they were even bigger. Uh, and one of them was particularly enamoured with Paddy, the drummer. And I won't say anything more, but they know who they are. We'll take that offline for now. Yes, absolutely. So they've had a lot of success since the early noughties. Uh, and they re- what I love about them is they work there, built themselves up, and they the sheer uh, blood, sweat and tears uh, yeah, through the nightclubs in New York, uh, recording artists, over to the UK and beyond. And I think it's fair to say they found a second home in the UK. 
Absolutely. And with this album and around this time particularly, I'm going to go into more detail later, but they played some of the biggest stages in the world, uh, which as a fan, again, seeing them come from those really small clubs in the UK as well as in New York um, was amazing to see. And of course, there has to be a tenuous link as to why we're talking about Nightwork uh, this week. And it is because Fire With Fire, the first single, was released 10 years ago this week, Will. A decade ago. Bloody hell, 10 years ago. Oh, it feels like this year has been 10 years long, just yeah. in itself, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, Nightwork, uh, you've shared why we're talking about it. Let me share what um, it is specifically. So, Nightwork is the third studio album by Scissor Sisters, and it was released on the 28th of June, 2010. 28th of June, those dates at the end of June always ring a bell because I Blastonbury uh, weekend. Yes, of course, and they would have been playing it that year as well. And even just 10 years ago... Uh, the kind of release schedules had were much more traditional in uh, a lead single gets released and then the following week the album's released yeah I have said before though I did prefer the old-fashioned three singles and an album the Spice Girls format the uh, over a six-month period not nowadays where you get track 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 over a few days and then half the album you've already heard well, and sometimes the album never actually comes in the end because either the record company have lost interest or the artist has, or both. Or we have. Or we have, which does happen quite often. Mm. But I don't think that's going to happen today. Uh, it's worth mentioning right up front as well, um, as we're talking about, we've talked about the band members, um, producer for the whole album... <laughs> Mr. Stuart Price. Uh, and yes, celebrate we might, because it's been a long time since we last did an album that was completely, fully owned by the band and Stuart Price. Definitely. And for anyone who hasn't heard some of the earlier episodes of Track by Track, for our first, I worked out the other day, for our first 10 episodes... Five of the albums we talked about were Stuart Price, full Stuart Price productions. So we did go a bit hard on him at the beginning, didn't we? Yes, we did. But I bet he loved it. Well, I'm sure he did. Extra interest. Uh, also, uh, if you do listen to those earlier episodes, um, they're quite serious. We didn't have the giggles that we have today. <laughs> or when we did, we edited them out rather than leave them in. I think we thought we were sort of a news night for music or something like that, didn't we? And now it's more like... Um... Viz magazine. <laughs> so uh, we've got 12 great tracks and some further listening to get into. So I think we shouldn't uh, hold off any longer. Absolutely. So side one, track one of Nightwork is Nightwork. apology for doing it they really set their stall out for this album on this first track not only is it the title track of the album uh which is very rare that the first track is the title track um so that's good but also just the whole uh pace the vibe uh it's very frenetic Mm, i like that one 
Um, yeah, I completely agree. I think with the debut album, it was kind of a real amalgamation of different sounds and influences. And then with Tada, it was very 70s influenced. And the lead single, I Don't Feel Like Dancing, and the lead track on the album, I think really set out that stall. And again, here, I think it's showing that they're moving on a bit. The influence is moving on, but it's still got a vintage feel to it. But I think this nods a bit more to the 80s rather than 70s. That guitar really adds to that. Um, but I just love it's really relentless, isn't it? It's just, it's euphoric and it's relentless. And it does feel something about it. I feel like this could soundtrack a scene in a film in an 80s film where they are working the night shift what like a steelworks or something where they're kind of grinding things and welding things and everyone's sweaty and covered in grease and oil well i was thinking stock in the shelves at the supermarket but we know we can go for yours if you want which yours does make me think of and again you don't watch the simpsons do you there's a wonderful scene in the simpsons that's uh nods to that hot stuff coming through <laughs> Dad, why did you bring me to a gay steel mill? I don't know. This is a nightmare. You're all sick. Oh, be nice. Uh, and it's a thing I love about Sister Sisters is where the juxtaposition. Uh, and Dan, I have to say, just a bit of feedback for you on air. Oh. There was uh, an episode you edited a few weeks ago where I said juxtaposed and there was no sound effect. Oh, because you said juxtaposed, not juxtaposition. It's an auto- matter. It's an automatic system I've put in for the sound effects now, but they're quite specific. <laughs> <laughs> so if you uh, say, if you were to say they laid out their stall, they wouldn't trigger it. It wouldn't go off. Oh, really? If you've got some sort of uh, uh, what do they what do they call that uh, algorithm in there? Yes. Yeah. Which picks up. Oh, it's very good. I had no idea you were so uh, technically minded. Absolutely, I'm quite. Uh, Quite the coder. Really? Mm, yeah. A bit of a hacker. Oh, really? Just like that film. Which film? The Net with Sandra Bullock. Oh, I've not seen it. <laughs> well, <laughs> Haven't da- you? No. Dan Bull, Sandra oh. Bullock. Not, not far off. Dan Bullock. Kindred Spirit. Dan Bullock is probably the uh, yeah. more likely. Uh, anyway, that's enough Bullocks and Bollocks. Well, that'd be a great name for a podcast. Oh, or a Pet Shop song. <laughs> Uh, no, but what, what was I saying? Yeah, I love the organic elements of, you know, they've got all their instruments on the go, uh, you know, guitars, uh, drums, uh, keyboards, uh, but with some brilliant synthetic electronic production as well. And they love to flip-flop between the two quite regularly. Mm, definitely. Um, just it had me thinking actually about night work, Will. Have you ever worked a job where you had to work nights? Though thankfully I haven't because when I've had to do an odd overnight shift or some overnight work, uh, like just on the odd occasion, I'm fine until about 3am and then I get absolutely unbearably cranky. What More than usual? Even more so than usual. Yeah. Goodness, I can't imagine that. Um, bad enough like at 3pm. Well, like I used to get when, uh, not that we've done it for a while because we record remotely at the moment, but like I used to get when we were on our third episode consecutively recording yeah and then by the fourth one hysteria had set in and the gin so all was fine i was just talking in tongues then just speaking in tongues so yeah a brilliant start to the album oh but dan some of the co-writers don't look like familiar names on the album 
Ah, uh, are you looking at your... Have you got your booklet out from your CD? Yes, my inlay. Yes. Uh, now, that's the real... That's Jake, Anna and Co's real names on there. But perhaps we could share them for a bit of fun. Yeah, because Scott Hoffman, Derek Gruen and Jason Sellards and Anna Lynch could be a whole new group in their own right. Could be the uh, uh, the Bizarro Scissor Sisters. Mm. You don't watch Seinfeld, do you? No, that's why I just gave, gave a very vague noise then. And they, because they had the uh, Bizarro Jerry uh, and friends who were like the opposite of Jerry and the main cast. Uh, very fun episode. Perhaps I'll check it out. So your Seinfeld is you. You to Seinfeld is like me to the Simpsons. Well, I'll I'll watch Seinfeld if you watch Simpsons. I'd rather not. Thank you. <laughs> right. Should we move on to track two? Track two now, and this is ah, oh, it's a whole new world. A dazzling place I never knew, but now from way up here it's crystal clear. But now I'm in a whole new world with you. Well, what the hell is that? Oh, sorry. I just out of habit started playing A Whole New World by Peter Andre and Katie Price. Oh, God. Well, I mean, that is the best version of the song, but still, it's no. The next song on this album is Whole New Way. So whole new way, not world there, track two. I love how this one instantly goes into a more laid back sound. Nightwork is so, as we said at the time, relentless. This feels really, you know, the guitars are being switched for acoustic guitars. It's got a real bounce to it. It's got a bit of a reggae feel to this one, I think. And this song is very suggestive as well. Oh, pray tell. I found a whole new way to love you. Mm. I've got your tail between my legs. <gasps> Leather and lace. Oh, question for you, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) So this song, Whole New Way, there's a different female background vocalist on here. Do you know who that is, Will? I do, Dan, but I'm going to let you spill the beans. So this is Helen Terry. And you might not know Helen Terry's name, but you certainly will know her voice because she performed on a multitude of Culture Club tracks back in the day. And I think that's obviously Culture Club. Think about songs like Karma Chameleon. They had a bit of a reggae vibe to their songs as well. So I think that really adds to the sound of this song. Uh, but also she's done a lot of her own stuff as well. And she has uh, written and recorded with Giorgio Moroder in the past. Ah, oh, one of your favourites, Dan. Absolutely. In fact, his album, uh, was it Deja Vu, the one with Kylie and Sia and co on there, that needs to go on the long list. Well, consider it on there. Lovely. Metaphor- metaphorically for now. We'll do the admin afterwards. Absolutely. Not whilst we're in full flow. So track three now. This was the lead single and it's Fire With Fun.
Fire, which, so I, as I said, it was the lead single from the album. And I love how it's a bit of a build up in there, uh, but it's also a bit more stripped back than, well, most of the tracks on this album, really. Yeah, definitely. I almost feel like it's a little bit, I don't want to say out of place because I think it works really well on the album, but it does have a different sound to certainly the opening track. And then some of the things we're going to hear later, it's got a completely different sound. And it's interesting to note that before recording this album, uh, allegedly the band, well, not allegedly, because I think they've confirmed it themselves, they scrapped loads and loads of material, loads and loads of songs. Um, And I do feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like this might be one of the ones that was meant for the previous version of the album, but it was so good and such an anthem that they just had to keep it on. It is anthemic, isn't it? But I was thinking the same thing, actually, although we hadn't talked to each other about that. It does feel like, it does feel a little bit, well, quite a bit different to a lot of the other tracks on here. And I mentioned it was stripped back. There is, uh, on the vinyl version of this uh, single, uh, an acapella as well. Even more stripped back. Um, As you said, it builds and starts as this kind of slow, it's almost a bit like a, a journey, don't stop believing that kind of anthem that really does build up. But this always takes me back to when we hinted about it early, but Glastonbury 2010, I was lucky enough to be in the crowd really close to the stage in the Pyramid Tent, and it was absolutely packed out for them. And I just remember the chorus of this song just being euphoric. And I've got goosebumps talking about it now because it was one of those Glastonbury moments that I will never forget. It was incredible. Uh, Dan, sad news this just missed out on the top 10 when it was released as a single. So it got to number 11, I'm afraid. Were the charts a strange time? Oh, I can't remember. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's just say they were. <laughs> uh, but I think this was definitely the start of a great period for Sister Sisters and definitely the, the following album I think we both loved as well, where maybe they were a little bit less commercially successful but I think if you're a music fan and a Scissor Sisters fan, there's just some fantastic stuff still to come. Yeah, it's interesting because I think actually they, and we mentioned this on the last album, I think they maybe lost a few fans with Tada because people thought it was too cheesy, whereas there were some more uh, kind of uh, edgy moments on the first album. And I think if those fans would have hung on for this album and the next one, they would have absolutely loved it, but maybe it was a little bit too late. But the joke's on them, Will, because we've got this album and the next one, and they are great. Needless to say, we had the last laugh. Ha, 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 Track number four now, uh, and this is what you said to the boy from the chip shop when he asked you uh, where he could take you for a date. <laughs> Any which way? Does that work? <laughs> yeah. Any yeah. which way you can. Any which way. Any which way you can. That was Any Which Way. And just before we move on, I just want to link it back a little bit to Glastonbury. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but this was another absolutely incredible moment of their set because this is when Kylie came out as a surprise guest who she she performs um, uncredited backing vocals on the 
album version, but she came out and sung with the band. And the reaction she got when she came out on stage was just incredible. Of course, uh, only a few years before she had to cancel her headline slot. And last year we saw her do the legend slot, which was fantastic. But this was her first time in the pyramid stage. And it, even more than, um, as I mentioned before, Fire with Fire being a highlight, this is for me an all time top five Glastonbury highlight. It was magic. Uh, this was also a single, uh, and it got to a little bit further down the chart than number 11. It got to number 81. Uh, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Ungrateful sods. Now, this song is definitely a bit rude. It's filthy. Well, I said to you while it's playing, it's filthy, but it, for me, it feels a little bit like the cousin to Filthy Gorgeous. Oh, yeah, the sister-sister song. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but this is a return to that real driving frenetic energy with this track. Yeah, it feels like a sort of Studio 54, New York disco, really heavy on the beats and the bass, but still amazing electronics. You've got Jake's almost like BG-like vocal on it. It's um, it's one of my favourite Scissor Sister songs of all time. High praise from mm. the podcasting legend that is Danville. Thank you. Uh, do you love it? I do. It's one of my favourite songs on this album, and it's up there as well. But actually, we are going to enter into a real run of brilliant tracks later on in this album. So I think it's an early contender, but there's some really great stuff still to come. Um, you talked about how filthy it is, uh, and there's just a few of the lines I want to point out which are favourites of mine. One is, I want you to funk me, your battleship has sunk me. Um, and before that, not quite as dirty, but still got a, a bit of a wink and a nudge to it. I don't need a doctor, just a simple love concoctor. Well, I think that's... Um, it's a bit... Uh, carry uh, on. Paint a, pic- paint a, pic- paint, paint a picture. <laughs> Error. <laughs> Matron. Um, and of course, before, when, when I did the... Um, little spoken word part at the beginning of the episode. You asked where the hell it was from. It was from Animatronics, incredible spoken word, uh, middle eight or bridge or whatever it is in this song. She's, she is the queen of spoken word, middle eights. Absolutely. Uh, and she's uh, given some other pop stars um, a fair few. Yes, we didn't. What was it? The New Order episode when we had a, a spin-off of animatronic guest slots with Bright Light, Bright Light and Duran Duran. The Holy Trinity. Uh, track number five now, and this is Harder You Get. And what I really want to do tonight is toughen you up. harder you get and what a great time to talk about the fantastic artwork and on this album oh i've been looking forward to this one so much will oh take it away and just i'll just preface this to say as i say i say it some weeks i don't hate that track at all it's just my least favorite on a very strong album yeah so the artwork you've got a pair of plump buttocks <laughs> uh well they're, actually they're more pert than plump 
Yes, quite right. Um, but they're certainly clinging to a pair of Lycra shorts. Uh, and Dan, do you know whose buttocks those are? Are they Anna's? I thought they were yours, actually. <laughs> My, sadly, after the lockdown diet, mine are more plump than pert. So it's a very specific photograph. Um, and after intense studying, I can tell you that that is dancer Peter Reed's bottom. Uh, and it's a 1980 photo taken by Robert Ma- Mapplethorpe. Um, and it's caused a bit of a ruckus. It's quite uh, suggestive. And when you say intense studying, do you mean you read up on who it was? Or do you mean you studied the actual buttocks so much you realised you could put a face to it? Well, I'll say I, I read up. I read up on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I read up on it. Yes, but I do remember reading that Del... It was Del Marquis. Del Marquis. Not the Del Marquis. He did say that, despite the controversy, he thinks it's um, it, to have a negative kind of connotation on that is is homophobia, really. When you think about albums like The Rolling Stones' Sticky Fingers, which is something very similar, but not uh, not on a cover by an LGBTQ plus band or not of a man. Well, that is a man, but it's a front, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's lots of you've got to look at it for what it is, which is a piece of art, re- taking away all of the stigmas. It's mesmerising, uh, and it's it reminds me a bit of um, two hard-boiled eggs fighting to get out of a handkerchief. <laughs> and have you seen that with your own eyes? <laughs> or a pair of buttocks, or that specific <laughs> image? Both. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, by the way, I love the font that Nightwork is written in on the front of the album. If you can tear your eyes away from the rest of it for a moment, Dan. I'll, I'll try. But we always, it seems like every time we talk about album artwork now, I move on to say, I would love this one on vinyl. I'd love to have it framed. This one would look amazing. And I did say to you this week, Will, leading up to the album, that I hadn't listened to this album for a long, long time. I think only the year it came out, I listened to it properly. And more for me, because this album is an absolute masterpiece. Uh, and I decided straight away, I need to get this on vinyl. And I went onto Amazon and it sold out. And I went to various other places and it is so difficult to get. You're looking at 70 or 80 pound to get this second hand anywhere. So, uh, Will, Christmas is coming up. I wouldn't say no. 70 or 80 pounds? Yeah, oh. I'm worth it. Uh, but Dan, what do you think of the track? Oh, so the song itself. I mean, I certainly agree it's... it's it's, it's a fantastic album, as I just said, and this is not one of my favourites. But I really do like that they're experimenting with a harder edge. It feels a little bit like when Queen went disco. It's still kind of got the gritty guitars, but the beat uh, is very disco. And I don't think we've ever heard Jake's vocal so sort of low and gritty before, have we? And, and aggressive as well, almost. It, yes, it's very different sound. Maybe that's why it's my least favourite uh, because it is so different to the, a lot of the pumping tracks the sisters do that I love yeah but what it does do on this album it begins a run of I think it's about four or five now just tracks all around the three minute mark and I love that it's just these lots of different bite-sized songs some of them interlinking uh, and each with kind of their own it's got something unique about them all so let's get into that run with track six now which is running out <laughs> 
What a great track that is. It's great. It's, I think we used the word relentless earlier, but it does feel mm. like a relentless song. I think the reason I say that is because I remember seeing this one live and Jake and Anna just were continuously running on the spot while they were performing it. So you're out of breath just watching them. But just talking about this, because this song, I don't know if this was at Glastonbury, but I certainly remember, it, I seem to remember it being when I saw them at the Tower of London in 2012 for the Olympic, like some sort of Olympic series of gigs they were doing but i really miss seeing scissor sisters live and i'm sure you feel the same as well it's such i mean obviously the music is brilliant but it's such a fun show as well they have they they're so the opposite of like phoning in a gig or a performance they just throw themselves into it i've never seen someone sweat as much as jake does um but it's fine because he quickly takes his clothes off which yeah which is good for him. Better for his skin. Yeah. If he's sweating so much. Uh, and I remember seeing them in Bristol many years ago. Uh, and funnily enough, it was Sister Sisters. Support was Bright Light, Bright Light. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, lovely. And obviously he's collaborated uh, frequently with uh, many different members of Sister Sisters. Most recently on the uh, new single from his new album, Fun City, yes. Jake Shears. But the band have been quite, obviously we say we're missing them, uh, the band have been quite vocal. Whenever they're asked about have they split up, they always say, I've, I've seen Anna and Jake say, they have never split up. They're just on this break or this hiatus. Um, so I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel quite confident that at some point in time we will see them again. Well, we will see them again. Um, and they'll be back with a bang, I mm, reckon. Definitely. And this one was co-written and I think also featured some backing vocals, Santi Gold. And I think you can really hear that in the synths on this one. They just seem to have a slightly different flavour to them. Track number seven now uh, goes a little something like this. Something like this there, if I wasn't clear about what the actual song title was before we played the clip, uh, it's something a, a lot more synthesised uh, and slightly robotic about this. And this is the where the production by Stuart... First name? Uh, as, as he likes to be called, because mm. uh, that's his name. Uh, it sounds, for him, for his production, it sounds a little bit more Pet Shop Boys-esque. Just the synth that are in there. <laughs> Uh, I definitely agree. This doesn't feel obviously. Scissor Sisters are a full band, and this just feels like, like you said, Petra Boys or something like that. And this one was just written by uh, Jake and Baby Daddy, so you can imagine maybe they put this together with synths and drum machines uh, without the use of. And what's that lovely new drummer called? Randy Real. Randy, yeah. Oh, is he Randy? <laughs> <laughs> I love this one, though. I love the simplicity of it. And I really like, there's a certain melody in the second verse. It's kind of like quite arcade-like. And I can't, for the life of me, think what it is. But it reminds me of something. It might be a, a, a Giorgio Moroder or something like that. If you do know, please do let us know at Track by Track UK. PO Box 100, Leamington Spa. 
And and this one, it's got another great, uh, it's a great end to this track. It slows down to a stop, which is lovely. Uh, track number eight now, and as the saying goes, there's more than one way to skin a cat or skin this mentioned earlier about how great Anna is at spoken word but I love an Anna led sister's track and this is no exception and I love the production in this it's very it's a bit more lo-fi there's some wonderful noises that I obviously don't know what they are but one sounds like an electronic phone there's a really great electric electronic bass running through that as well um, and it's a great before the last four tracks of the album, it's a great moment to bring it down a little bit because it's going to come back up again. And we said earlier on that the second half of this album is, well, for me, it is the best half. And it's for reasons like this. It's the experimentalization. We had something like this, um, which was very kind of 80s synthy. And then this one, almost I get hints of like Kraftwerk or something like that in the music with this, particularly at the end, something quite similar to their Neon Lights track. And again, just Anna's vocal on it is great. I said I love an Anna-led vocal track. I really love Kiss You Off from Tada. That is one of my favourite Sister Sisters mm. songs ever. And I think I've said that on a lot of songs today, but it really is. I so agree. That's a brilliant song. I love the way it starts as well. And I think Tada's not on the long list, but I think it really should be. I think, it's, I think we'll do over time, uh, as long as we don't fall out, uh, <laughs> I think we'll do all this as a Sisters albums. Yeah. Even if we fall out, should we just still do it for the fans? You know, like when bands stick together for the fans. I mean, Spice Girls hate yeah. each other, but... Well, they do it for the money. Uh, we just do it for the love of music. Oh. And good for us, actually. Uh, are, you, are you a cat lover, Will? Uh, as you know, Dan, I'm not. Why is that? Uh, they're just uh, like demons. <laughs> the child, children of Beelzebub. <laughs> right. I love cats. In fact, I'm really trying to persuade my other half to let me get a kitten at the minute. Trying every single day. I thought you wanted a puppy. I want both. I mean, puppies are <laughs> lovely, but so are kittens. So are kittens. <laughs> uh, I don't know if a puppy and a kitten would get on with each other. Well, there's only one way to find out. Fight! <laughs> <laughs> so, from Skin This Cat into track number nine, and this is Skin Tight. So skin tight there, and Dan, that reminds me of that uh, wonderful leotard that you're wearing today. Well, it's very clammy in this flat. I told you before when I have to close all the windows. So, uh, yeah, it just keeps me, uh, there's a bit more room for a breeze to get to me, but it does keep everything together as well. 
It's more like uh, two poached eggs trying to get out of a handkerchief. <laughs> uh, you're a fan of skin tight clothing? Uh, it has its place, uh, but it depends on how confident in yourself you're feeling, which can mm. vary by day, week, month, year, or uh, hour. Even. Absolutely. And in relation to the context of the song, has anyone ever told you that you fit them like a glove? Well, I don't know what to say to that. Actually. I don't know where you're leading with this. <laughs> it's just a lovely <laughs> metaphor, I thought. Uh, it's. I think it's It's akin to a love song, this song. Mm, definitely. I think, I'm pretty sure, again, I had a couple of ciders on the day, but I think when this was performed at Glastonbury, I definitely remember there was a point where Jake spoke about how he met his other half, uh, just up by the Stone Circle. And I think it was before this song. It, f- it feels like it would be the right place. Oh, I bet they're having a great time. Off their heads on Lord knows what. Oh, what's that thing? Nos, is it called? The the, uh, the balloons. Oh, yes. Yeah. Not I don't for know, me. I don't, know about you, I don't know about you, but uh, just out and about London, you know, just those little canisters everywhere. Hmm. This is why you can't be a good bit of ecstasy. There's no, there's no waste. It's better for the environment. <laughs> yeah. Wham, bam. Thank, Thank you, ma'am. Dan. Yeah. And of course, I mean ecstasy in the spiritual sense. Ecstasy. Ecstasy. D, 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 D. Ecstasy. That would have fitted perfectly into this album somewhere. This track, though, uh, I love it. It's the chorus is just so... It just goes up and up. Yeah, I agree. And where we spoke before about how Fire With Fire maybe doesn't quite fit on the album as much as some of the other tracks. I think this, the chorus, is has got that euphoria like Fire With Fire, but just because of some of the electronics and the production in the verse, uh, it just really does feel part of this amazing run of songs that we've got at the end of the album. Uh, and that, that run is going to continue as we head into the next one. And, and before we go into this, I just want to say, when you listen to the album, how these and some of the other songs actually merge together and flow into each other is amazing. Mm. So after this, after this episode, do go and listen to the whole album, please. Uh, again, we're here to talk about the beauty of an album and sometimes it's about the sequencing and how the tracks flow as well. So, good point. Hmm. Uh, number 10 now and uh, how about a bit of sex and violence? That was track number 10. And Will, you're a big fan of Sex and Violence, aren't you? This track is stunning. Yes. Oh, I wasn't talking about the song. What makes it stunning? Uh, I think it's it feels like uh, a very epic track. And obviously there's another epic track still to come. But it's almost a bit Trevor Horny. In the, in the production um, and it feels very almost a little bit stark and epic in kind of how it goes through also I love the sex and violence at the end of the chorus did sound a little bit like Joe Pasquale singing then it was quite creepy <laughs> um, 
Oh, God, don't mention the episode of Doctors when there's loads of different Joe Pasquale's again, please. Well, I wasn't going to, but you just have. So <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen that on YouTube, do do search for that. What a strange search that will be. I love this song as well. For me, it's something about the electro disco. It's got real hints of like Bronsky B or Erasure or something like that. Um, and that synth sound, that da 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 da, it's kind of quite unexpected. It doesn't. It's not quite as it doesn't feel as electronic as the bulk of the song, but it works really well on it. Um, and and as you mentioned before, the production and I think this song for me is Stuart Price at his best, just putting that polish uh on the on the track it's amazing stuart price uses has more polish than mr sheen mm. well wouldn't surprise me um and lyrically as well it's obviously a lo- uh, lyrically oh don't miss that i love of course uh the track i love sex and violence but i do like that opening of oh i need a witness to see the mess i've made there's a broken lampshade ashtrays burnt floors beds unmade that list I love it. Was it the sex or the violence that caused that? Uh, for me, the both. two are not mutually exclusive. So it could have been a <laughs> bit of both. Um, and just delivered again with Jake's vocal. It's really like, it's a really drawl on those ones. I haven't seen this one live. In fact, I'd love to see this album performed in its entirety. Okay, we're on to the penultimate track now. This is Nightlife. <laughs> So that was nightlife. I, I, I can't find enough words to express how much I love this this part of the album. And again, for I can't believe I let myself not hear it for a decade because it is just fascinating. I think at the time I did. Do you remember on iTunes when you could just complete the album? Like if you bought the singles, you could press yeah complete the album and it just charge you a few quid. And it seemed like nothing. I used to do that all the time. And I think this has probably got lost in a load of albums. Um, I, and th- since we've been getting ready for this episode, I've played this album but in particular this last three run of songs over and over and over again it's just something about this song it's it's the fact that it's got that amazing beats that sort of like footloose or maniac or something like that and then you've got anna and jake's kind of um two and fourth vocals which you don't get a lot of on this album and you do get a lot of them earlier on um and the orchestration and just the whole build of the track it's stop me will stop me because i'm just going to explode I am going to stop you there, actually, because I just want to say I agree and I love how it starts one way and then quickly the beat kicks in. It's got an amazing bridge into chorus and then reset and and again. And I love that structure in this as well. Uh, And it's, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, um, but it's not like throwaway. It's really like you can, the, the whole the structure of the song the production of the song it's it's such a quality piece of work and again i've been listening to it over and over and over but it's one of those great songs where you hear different things each time you do so as soon as we finish edit, uh not editing that'll take me forever um recording this episode i will be listening to this song again or the whole album now we're on to the last track of the album proper and we're going out with a bang uh, definitely not petering out this week Mm-mm. in fact i don't think we've petered out this year yet no we haven't 
Are we choosing better albums or, well, or are we getting more generous? I think we are just lucky with our choices so far. Mm. Anyway, track number 12 now, and this is Invisible Light. Visible light there. That's just such a huge song. And it's taken me right back into the 80s as well. Because I'm just feeling, you know, some Pet Shop Boys. Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Bit of erasure in there, just for good measure as well. Uh, I think it's just a phenomenal way to end this album. Yeah, it's definitely got the epicness of some of those tracks. And those acts that you just mentioned. And I think you don't often get with Scissor Sisters... um, a lengthy song uh normally they are a lot, we said before a lot of these ones are quite bite-sized and three minutes long but this one at around about the six minute mark just allows them to really stretch the song out and let it grow and let it build um and it is just it's a masterpiece and actually there's an even longer 12 inch version which is over seven minutes long so i think it's nice on this occasion the scissor scissor sisters have favored length over girth yeah. <laughs> uh, and well there's a familiar voice in that song that isn't either of the sisters or anna with a bit of a gruff throat yes you're correct it's ken bruce no terry wogan not quite another tony blackburn uh, getting closer maybe <laughs> no no it's legend uh icon uh ally actor extraordinaire Sir Ian McKellen Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian (laughs) You shall not pass Sir Ian, Sir Ian It is, it's like a meeting of the greats obviously Scissor Sisters and Ian McKellen are LGBTQ plus pioneers and bringing them together with this disco meets prog rock track uh, influenced by 80 sounds Uh, it's just words fail me And this I mean, I did read that there was a debate at the time around should this lead the album rather than Fire with Fire. For me, it sits very nicely as a fantastic uh, third and final single, which it was, but also as a great epic way to end the album and showcase, I guess, the depth of uh, sound and work that the Sister Sisters can achieve with Stuart, with Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. (laughs) Definitely. I agree. And I think, yeah, the fact that for me, these last three tracks are possibly the strongest on the album. Just that is the quality of a great album when you just if you're listening to it, you're enjoying all of it. But you almost can't wait to get to the end because, you know, there's so much quality there. There's no petering out. It's no um, sort of we talked before about pop albums in the 90s or really noughties of like manufactured artists they would stick on like 16 or 18 tracks and the last few were just absolute fodder um and this is just the best almost potentially the best to last if not one of the best to last so uh, you would think i've gushed enough about this song but i'm not quite done yet um we've 
we've uh, had a little chat offline and talked about what our uh, further listening is. And there's a remix of this song that neither of us chose for that, but I just think it gives the song such a different spin. I'd love to play a little bit of it. Um, so if we're lucky, maybe we can hear a little bit of Invisible Light, the Serious Mo remix. Another castle crumbles, another monkey falls Just open up the door and let the sailors climb the walls I thought I saw you laughing, ten feet in the air It doesn't matter if they touch you, where they cut you, can you give me? So that's, we had, didn't have an If You Were Lucky all episode, Will, so we just felt like we needed one. This felt like the right time. But I love how it kind of removes all of the epicness that we spoke about. That's removed, but it's still such a great version of the song. It is. It's a funkier, almost like French house uh, interpretation of it. Yes. And bizarrely, this appeared as the B-side to Fire With Fire, which is, of course, the first single from the album. So the, the remix of the third single appeared on the B-side of the first single. Madness. Madness. Mm. Tracklist madness. So uh, just a word before we go into some further listening on the performance of this album. Uh, and I have to say it was very well received. Uh, so averaging around four out of five, seven out of ten. Um, and in particular, Attitude magazine gave it five stars. And uh, Rolling Stone gave it four three stars uh nme gave it seven out of ten so it Mm. was fair it was above average to good uh in the review stakes excellent and peaked at number two in the uk if i'm not mistaken uh yes you're actually sorry yes quite right number two in the album charts lovely so that is night work but of course we are doing overtime on this episode we have got some further listening and will i would love to invite you to go first and yes we sorry we did say parameters of further listening this week this era of the band uh, so for further listening for uh, this episode i've gone for a cover the scissor sisters did for uh, the uh, war child charity cd heroes uh, which was released around this time so uh, it's a nice diversion uh, exactly what further listening is all about so this is a cover of the roxy music track do the strand. Tired of the tango, fed up with fandango. Dance on moonbeams, slide on rainbows, furs of blue jeans. So, Dan, what did you think of that? Absolutely love it. I mean, a big fan of Roxy Music anyway, and I know that they're a huge influence on Scissor Sisters. So see Scissor Sisters covering Roxy Music is incredible in itself, but they do the song justice. They put their own spin on it. Um, and it does. you can kind of tell it's recorded around this era of them because they're clearly playing around with that uh, disco electro sound as well. And what made you go for it, Will? Um, I think because it was a really great kind of disco funky disco cover with some great um i need to i haven't checked actually to see who uh kind of produced but i'd imagine it was something they were very close to themselves but i loved this interpretation of it very much them brought to a roxy music track definitely and roxy music aren't on the long list but i'd love to put them on 
put them on. Yeah. Just, just do it. Just do it. We've got a lot to put on after this episode, actually. Well, we've all put a lot on during lockdown. <laughs> Stop it! Dan, over to you. Cut it out. So my further listening choice, I actually very nearly picked two of the strands. So it's a good job we had that chat. Um, I would love to go for the B-side to Any Which Way. So this is Sex Exciter. <laughs> So that was Sex Exciter, the B-side to Any Which Way. So imagine you get the CD single for Any Which Way and the A-side is Sister Sisters with Kylie on backing vocals. And then on the B-side, you've got this one, which is a collaboration between Sister Sisters and Goldfrap, which is just track by track heaven, isn't it? It is. But Dan, before I mention the track, you were telling me earlier that you actually found a Sex Exciter in your mum's uh, bedside, <laughs> bedside drawer. Is that right? No, I don't know. No, I don't know where you think you've heard that story from. You've got your wires crossed there, lovey. Oh, I think it must have been uh, someone else I know. And you know, if you found a sex exciter in uh, your mum's bedroom drawer, do let us know at Track by Track UK. This is exactly what you'd imagine a uh, collaboration between Scissor Sisters and Goldfrap to sound like, because it's just basically the best of both of them. Because you can hear Jake's amazing voice. You can hear Alison's stunning vocals. You can hear some brilliant electronic production that just builds and builds and layers and layers. uh, Goldfrap style. And you've got that almost dirty electronic beat uh, with some hand claps and tambourines in there that you'd really associate with the Scissor Sisters. So what a fantastic summation of both of their work that is. Now, I will just say, I don't say any more on the song, Will. You've said it all there. It's brilliant. Um, when I went to search for the song, or if you are going to search for the song, and you're just going to Google careful. it, because I just made the mistake of having a flashback to when I found something in my... Mo- oh, no, 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 that wasn't me. That was someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... There's someone, there's an artist or an actor I haven't spoken about this whole episode, and this would be the perfect time for me to bring them up. Cheeky girls. Mm, similar. Um, of course, you need to talk about Duran Duran every single episode. What I love about this collaboration is that when Duran Duran did their sort of reunion tour, a huge tour, five nights at Wembley, um, they had two tour acts for half, you know, they took half the tour each, and Scissor Sisters did the first half and Goldfrapp did the second half. So perhaps that's where they first got together, a Duran Duran gig. In your mind, that would be lovely to imagine. Mm. We're out of time for this week. Well, Will, I have loved going through night work with you. And listeners, if you've enjoyed it, please do let us know at Track by Track UK. And if you have a spare moment, we'd love for you to share a rating and a review with us on Apple Podcasts, please. Uh, if you've got something you'd like to say about the hard work that we put into this podcast. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? Uh, Yes, absolutely. So next week, for the first time, we're talking about a Canadian singer-songwriter. She appeared in Canadian Idol, and we're going to be talking about her third album, 
which turns five. Uh, I'm so excited about talking about this artist for the first time. And I know a lot of our listeners will be uh, very excited about it as well. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about. I know I say that, but there's a lot to talk about next week. So, Dan, you better have your shredded wheat for breakfast before we record that episode. Well, I will. And I have to say, this is one where I really do need to do my homework because at the minute I haven't heard the whole album. So uh, I've got to get back to that. Also, don't forget, every Saturday now we have Track by Track's new music drop, which is our weekly podcast where we're celebrating the best of the new music released in the week. Uh, so do check that out. Uh, and uh, if you have any uh, great top tips of pop music that we could check out for the first time and share with our listeners, or, and if you're an artist and you've got some great new music that you feel would be track by trackable uh, in what we talk about, do share that with us as well at Track by Track UK. So until next time, I have been Scott Hoffman. And I've been Randy Real. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. So, and if you listen in the background, you can hear a little bit of chirping going on. Oh, so you've not taken my feedback about closing the windows. That's absolutely oh. wonderful. I can't wait to listen to, to edit this episode, <laughs> Bill. Thank you very much. Actually, just whilst, whilst... <laughs>